0: Welcome to School of Movies. (laughs) Swiss Army Man. Okay, this is another commission show, and it's from Dan Mayer, who has been a uh, a major, uh, special Patreon supporter for a long, long time. Uh, You know, Dan Mayer is a special guy to us. We really, really appreciate Dan Mayer. We love you, Dan. We just want you to know that before we start this. (sighs) What we're about to say is not against you, but. We wouldn't have watched this movie. We wouldn't have sat through the whole thing were it not for you. Now, uh, we've just finished the movie and I checked um, the extras and there's a and a with the director and it's an hour and six minutes and there's a... Uh, commentary and um, there's some other extras but I'm on damage limitation right now and I, I think I might die. I think I might die if I have anything more to do with this movie. So we're going to talk about it as much as we possibly can. We're going to interpret it but we're going to do it in just like like the detail that we are able. <laughs> um, some commissions are a joy to do. And some are challenging and some are hard. This, wow. I mean, I was going to like, to begin with, it was like, let's call Dan. We'll ask him to ask, you know, just to suggest something else instead. But then after a while, I was like, no, we we, like, I can't, this, watching this can't have been for nothing. (laughs) One of the other films that uh, Dan suggested uh, that we do was The Lobster. Now, he hadn't read my uh, movie a day on The Lobster beforehand, and um, I suggested that he maybe read it first before pushing on with the whole commissioning. Um, But at the same time, I didn't want him to feel sad because I really act like loathe, loathe a film that he has suggested. I now loathe two films. That he suggested with a fire, a nuclear fire in both cases. I hate Swiss Army Man and I hate the Lobster, but let's just just uh, like give some extra bonus value to this one. Let me just read you my Lobster review, just so that you guys can avoid two movies which you might otherwise see, or or it may sound brilliant and you might be like, I gotta check this out because. Like these are very much, as far as I can tell, like movies that either just click with you and you just like you're totally on board with, or rub you up the wrong way, like sandpaper on your Japsi. Okay.
1: What <clears throat> the best way it occurred to me to sum it up was
0: <laughs> Sorry, that's so racist, but it's but like I, I I can't think of another term. Okay, just sandpaper on the bell end. So I'm just, this is raw, folks. I don't use that term, by the way. I I haven't used it since I was a a teenage boy. This hurts, folks. Take a breath.
1: Okay. (sighs) Yep. The phrase that sprang to mind was um, that basically, and I would say this about the lobster as well, actually, Mm -hmm. um, it's like watching somebody else enact their fetish.
2: <laughs>
1: it obviously does it for them. Yep. It obviously has great meaning and significance and They're lying and in a bath of baked beans. Factor. And there's an
0: alligator crawling around the place. For them. They're loving it.
1: Um and and being able to, you know, gauge people to some degree um and being not inexperienced in analysing and, and dissecting character and narrative and story. I, I can see what's We've got going form. on there. Yeah, we, yeah. We,
0: like I I made my own uh, diagnosis and hypothesis as well, and was confounded by the end. <laughs> but uh,
1: d- d- it's it's got a degree of consistency. But I'll I'll get to that. I'm
0: honestly um, fascinated to hear what you have to like say. Like I said, I'm going to let you do a lot of talking.
1: Watching watching somebody else enact their fetish that does not a great deal for you, and in actual fact.
0: It's repulsive. It's a
1: little bit off-putting. It is
0: repellent. A Sandpaper on the jap site, that's their fetish. And they're like, what, don't you like this? And I'm like, no, not at all. I've got to stop saying that you word. you know what I mean. <laughs> stop saying that word. They keep using the word retardant or retarded in this film and then muttering, stop using that word. Obviously, it's it's just this sort of, it's involuntary at this point. It's a spasm. It's a vocal spasm. Um Sandpaper on the helmet. How about that? I've got to stop Stop saying it. Stop
1: talking about sandpaper.
0: It's it's just. You're
1: making me win. There's
0: no better. Like, I usually go for food metaphors. This is torture metaphors, folks. This is Swiss Army Man. (laughs) Okay, it's a uh, 2016 American comedy drama film written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shinett. Shinet. St- starring Paul. I'm going to call him Dano rather than Dano okay. because I referred to him entirely in my notes as Dano uh, and Dan. So it's going to be Dano for, for you guys um, rather than their names. <clears throat> um, uh, it cost three million. Where did that go? Uh, and it made 5.1 million, so this made money. Um, and I've uh, I've plotted out the uh, the, the um, actual synopsis for you folks. I'm going to avoid the actual official synopsis because you guys need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, and and like I say, if by the time we get to the end, you're like, now that sounds like a film I have to see. It is available now, so you can just go. Uh, um, but I'm going to read my review of the. Lo- this is actually agitated the hell out of me. I don't think anyone can like. I didn't get this agitated over uh, Alien vs Predator Requiem or Pirates of the Car- Maybe Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. I got this agitated over, and that was for a review uh, I did back with Tony and Paul on Digital Cowboys. It did not go well because Tony was like, eh, "It's not too bad," and I was like, "Yes, it is too bad," Tony. But you see, you see why I didn't just say pick another one. Like I'm now so upset about this. <laughs> I've got to talk about it to exercise it and to make it worth doing. If that makes sense, Mm. like I've I've started so I'll finish.
1: Can I ask you a question though? Would it? hmm, Would you say that the majority of films that cause you to feel this way Mm -hmm. are horrors?
0: No. 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 Okay. Sometimes it's just films that disappear up their own ass and then fart themselves out, which this film does. And The Lobster does. The Lobster. Uh, Completely different um, production uh, team, so it's nothing to do with this. It's just that they're two films that that Dan, who we love, likes. Um, 2015 Picturehouse Entertainment watched on Netflix. In an alternate reality where you must find a partner or be coldly transformed into an animal, one man looks for a partner a bit... um. If you're a huge fan of Stanley Kubrick and the French New Wave, you will be in hog heaven here. Quite literally, these guys will turn you into a pig as soon as look at you. Colin Farrell goes to stay at a horrible boarding house run by and filled with dead-eyed... Is it Colin Farrell? Or was this Joaquin Felix? No,
1: no, it's Colin Farrell.
0: It looks like Chris Pine now.
1: No, it's Colin Farrell.
0: It's a sad-looking Chris Pine or Colin Farrell or Joaquin Phoenix-looking guy with a moustache. Uh, anyway, so Colin Farrell... Are we sure it's Colin Farrell? It's Colin Farrell. Okay. It's been a while. Um, Colin Farrell goes to said a horrible seaside boarding house run... Is it seaside? It's been a while.
1: Don't fixate on the details.
0: Run by and filled with dead-eyed creeps who announce everything they are thinking flatly. It's kind of like... Do you remember that um, a Ricky Gervais film The Invention of Lying where everyone just says everything all the time? Only that was funny. And um, actually had some really touching moments in it. Um, he has only a few weeks left to pick out a mate from this lot. Or be turned into the titular crustacean. His choice, by the way, for all the sense that makes. He wants to be turned into a lobster if he can't be paired up. But they appear to choose partners based on a single unifying factor. So why all the pageantry? So like, um, like I like disco music. I like disco music. And then they are sort of united, like matchmaker. Like, these two like disco music. He likes baseball, too! Um, This can be handled with 10 minutes on a spreadsheet, like the Match 2 minigames in Mario Bros. 3, only uh, you can see all the cards... Their arch enemies live rough in the woods and don't pair off, but they also aren't allowed to love on pain of having to dig their own grave or be surgically blinded. How remarkably specific. So these guys are like living on the fringe of society, just living in the woods. Hmm? Yeah? See, you've seen the parallels here. Living in the woods, fringe of society, and they don't want anything to do with all this matchmaking. And they don't love, and they don't want to be loved. And if they do, then they're going to get blinded and have to dig their own grave. Yep. it's blunt, clumsy entirely unrelatable symbolism a freezing, emotionless affair, narrated by Rachel Wise in the manner of a woman with the intellectual age of 12, but not the hormones everything is designed to be unsettling and inhumane, nobody has any access to the creative parts of the brain, it's all utility and practicality, colour is leached away, leaving lifeless grey light, locations are confined to a seaside boarding house, wet woods a shopping centre, a dour apartment and a hospital, it's just, it's filmed in depresso vision do you, you remember the uh, tr- uh, tr- music video for Lordy is it Lord, just Lord uh, Lord's Royals you know how that like just that miserable looking house, it's, it's, it's not wet in that kind of like dank way which Seven it's not wet, expresses but it looks like depression, it um, it's just that sort of that grey half light and like bare walls and nothing much going on and everything just feels like you have half a headache um, that is depression to me. That is just um, limbo. And this is uh, very much, uh, very similar in that um, it, it, it sums up just feeling completely detached from, uh, from um, sensation. It's hard to put a finger on what the film is saying. Culturally speaking, we aren't approaching a time of emotional absence. Far from it, in fact. With the internet such a contingent part of our lives... Every one of our emotions has to be dialed up to 13, is what I said on the Grand Budapest Hotel episode. Anger must be fury. Joy must be ecstasy. Disgust must be revulsion. Fear must be terror. And sadness must be unfathomable grief. This film sneeringly presents us with a bizarro world where the opposite is the case, and people are so shitty to each other without the aid of the internet, I might add, and the simplest solution is for literally everyone to be turned into animals and the last person left turn out the light. Fixed your world for you. There must have been a savage outbreak post-wartime that eliminated the emotional centres of the brain. This pairing off an animal system was most likely instigated in the 70s to give the human race a mathematical chance of sustaining itself, the idea being pair up or, will animal... Well, it's my animality, (laughs) you. I turn into a lobster. Culturally and historically speaking, there are no other clues or rational explanations. It makes less sense when held up to questioning than passengers... Yeah, I had a lot of questions about passengers.
2: Mm.
1: But those could be fixed with a couple of hours with a (laughs) re-edit. Not a couple of hours. It took you a lot longer than that, but... I don't think you could do that with a lobster. Well,
0: uh, it's a world where a lovely dog that used to be Collie Farrell's brother <laughs> gets kicked to death by, uh, to gory excess in a bathroom off-screen. A world where the following exchange takes place in deadly serious tones. Where were you? I was masturbating behind those. Tr- oh no, he was. Uh, uh, he's Irish, isn't he? So, hi, it hi. I was masturbating behind oh, those trees.
2: Come on. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I was (laughs) masturbating behind those trees. Meanwhile, a group of idiots danced to a silent iPod party in the woods at night in the dark. I should give it points for originality, but it's basically a slight variation on Orwell's 1984 to the point where the protagonist sleeps in a hotel room 101. A little bit on the nose there. It ends up as the worst, least insightful double-length episode of Black Mirror. It is a pretentious ordeal that I found meaningless. The only engaging aspect of it would be to screen it to the general public and watch their reactions. And that is almost exactly how I felt. About Swiss Army Man. Okay, so can I just synopsize Swiss Army Man as I saw it and let you, like, you just go to town on it and and, uh, you can deconstruct it as much as you can. Uh, I'll add my, if I have anything to add on it and elaborate, I I, I suspect I'm not going to be as insightful as you, but I, I had some hypotheses... Uh, which I could possibly be. Oh, I,
1: I don't think that the hypothesis is really in any question. They're pretty straightforward about what it is meant to represent.
2: Okay. Rescued I thought I was rescued But you're just a dead dude I'm gonna die There's got
0: to be a better way to get up. Okay, so the story goes thus. Paul Dano fails to hang himself on a desert island. We don't know anything about him, he's just hes busy hanging himself and he fails to do that because he sees Daniel Radcliffe has washed up on the beach um, he the, the, the like the thin bits of cord or, or, or blanket that he had tried to turn into a makeshift noose snap and he falls down this is Paul Dano from uh, There Will Be Blood uh, Little Miss Sunshine and Looper He goes to investigate Daniel Radcliffe. Um, Is he unconscious? Is he dead? We don't know. Uh, He tries to listen to his heart, but then Daniel Radcliffe farts. (sighs) A lot. Question, do you like Daniel Radcliffe farting? Because if you do, this, my friend, is the movie for you. Daniel Radcliffe farts I think more than there are lines in this movie there's so it, much it farting comes
1: pretty close certainly I would say his dialogue is probably 50 percent speech and fifty percent farts
0: farting. yeah I possibly seeing this with an audience tittering nervously it might have been more engrossing but just watching in stony silence I
1: couldn't have watched this at the cinema I couldn't well you
0: wouldn't be able to see it with the amount of people getting up and walking out because honestly it's it's one of those movies where you look at your watching like oh it's only 20 minutes in my life is so much more precious than this it makes you feel good to be alive because you're like, "Wow, every second of my life counts because every second I'm watching this film is a wasted second
1: honestly, I would say if it accomplished that, then maybe not in the way they intended, but that i I think they'd count that as a win
0: when you're not watching Swiss Army man, thus you're winning. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. as in, as in, like. I mean, not us.
0: We're talking about Swiss Army. The filmmakers
1: would count it as a win that they had achieved their aim in part. Yes, what I mean. Yeah.
0: As in, like the moment that you you flee the cinema. And like, and th-
1: appreciate your life more.
0: Yeah, you're Raymond Chang in, I think his name was that, in Fight Club after Tyler puts him on the uh, ground and, and wants to, and says he's going to blow his head off if Raymond doesn't go off and uh, enroll in a school. Like the next meal will be the best meal that uh, Raymond Chang has in his life.
1: Interesting that you bring up Fight Club. I saw a lot of parallels.
0: Yeah. So it's Raymond K. Hessel, and uh, it's been a long time since we saw Fight Club because it is. Much like The Matrix, they are the massive movie that expanded your mind in 1999. Now, today, a little troubling. Okay. Um, anyway, so this corpse of Daniel Radcliffe's farting, which puts Dano off his second suicide attempt. Um, like How oh, inconsiderate. He tries to use uh, Dan Radcliffe's belt to hang himself, but that doesn't work. Um, so uh, Dano sort of, like gets back close to Radcliffe who just keeps farting and he's farting and farting and farting and eventually Dano like, s- grabs hold of him, straps himself on, and Daniel Radcliffe turns into a small inflatable speedboat and farts his way across the ocean. <clears throat> yep. Not exaggerating, folks. It literally happens. And, I mean, that could have been supposed to be, like, exhilarating, inspiring... Hilarious.
1: It's representative of emotional release. The uh-huh. first emotional release that Paul Dano has had in his entire life.
0: Well, don't deconstruct it. Yeah. Wait. Because I've got I to read this shit to the folks at home. Okay. Then you get with the deconstruction. Because I want them to be as fucking puzzled as I was. Okay. and and as like as angry that they're still having to hear things that are occurring in this film I want you to be angry folks just join me in this rage um so on another shore because they've gone to a different island now he eats some cheesy puffs that's Dano and shouts his escapades to nobody he tells the world that what he just did no one's there he drags Dan around in the forest shouting for help while Dan farts some more They take shelter in a cave, and Dano sings to Dan, a song that his mother used to sing, but he can't remember the words. He wakes up to find a raccoon scavenging in Dan's mouth and chases it, but loses it. Uh, He was going to try and eat the raccoon, but no, it's it's not going to be breakfast. Breakfast. Uh, too slow. Uh, Dan dribbles everywhere. Uh, then he starts, like, leaking out of his mouth. And then he's gushing water out of his mouth. And Paul Dano just, like, grabs a cup and he's just like, oh, slosh that in there, Sonny Jim. And then he's just, like, gets this big old cup of spit and he's just drinking it and it's sliding down his throat and it's all foamy and warm and, like, I'm freaking showering out. Because because she's all smug and I've worked this one out Alex and I'm like yeah you know what but you really hate the idea of saliva don't you Sharon you so. have
1: no idea how much I was repressing the urge to vomit
2: throughout this <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so oh, Dan's God. puking all this um, uh, saliva all over this cup and Paul is just gulping it down and like he's practically gagging and vomiting as well um, uh, and yeah, nope Sharon's getting up she's leaving yeah, yeah, that's what you've done, Dan. You have made Sharon vomit with your with your remote film. Um, I, it was a double Dan. Uh, it was Dan, Dan, and Dano who uh, who, who did this. It was uh, the, the Dan's. Anyway, she's still out the room. I'm going to carry on with this. Um, uh, let's see. Um, oh yeah, so Dan speaks. Finally, this corpse of Dan Radcliffe, as Dano manipulates his mouth and like sort of like flaps his tongue around uh, and uh, he says "Hello, they chat and Dano tries to get him to remember his home. Um, they end up singing like uh, this weird rousing chorus of the Jurassic Park theme, uh, which I felt like was defiling uh one of like maybe my yeah my favorite John Williams soundtrack uh, and he's my second favorite composer uh, after Hans Zimmer, so that's, um, that's, that's impressive that you defiled that like that. But uh, Dano points out that if you don't know Jurassic Park, um, was it, You don't know shit, or something like that. I I can't remember. I didn't jot it it down, but basically, he was trying to get Dan Radcliffe to remember having seen Jurassic Park since he clearly knows the song, Um, but he doesn't. He doesn't have any memories. He's this weird kind of um, corpse that has been reset to zero and is slowly accruing um, abilities and knowledge. Um, So uh, Dano to um, teach him. Uh, to recall or, or, or to remember this knowledge, builds a mini civilization out of garbage. Uh, and then Dan uh, says, Well, does this mean you're trash? Uh, he lives on Garbage Island. <laughs> um, then D- Dano eats some berries and, and pukes because um, he added the red berries, which you shouldn't eat. And then... Um, it's the purple berries. You purple berries, to eat. of course, yeah. And then Dan is lying on the floor uh, and uh, looking at a magazine, just uh, of girls. Um, I think uh, Dana seems to think that it's a porno mag, but it's, it's just an advert for perfume. It's Sports or Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. So it's a swimsuit magazine. Uh, and Dan's asking uh, what you do with boobs and butts and vaginas. Um, and then uh, Dano says that before the internet, every girl was a lot more special, uh, meaning that he girls used to be in magazines. And uh, Dan says that uh, something's gone wrong, and his boobs have gone crazy. It's his heart beating. Um, you said fuck you after That's every girl was fuck, mo- off. fuck off. Then okay, yeah. after every girl was more special. So yeah. I mean, I mean, this might be uh, something that a lot of people feel like, but uh, yeah. you
1: know. no, I, I, I get it. I get the sentiment. I disagree, but I get the sentiment.
3: Buy a magazine like that when I was a kid. I'd have to go digging under the bushes by the freeway and sneak into my dad's stash. And before the internet. Every girl was a lot more special. Oh, I bet you probably did the same thing. Make up little love stories for each of them. What kind of love stories? Well, her name might have been Jessie. And you'd imagine bumping into her on the street and whisking her off her feet, sign a one-year lease together, cook dinner together, watch Netflix. What is Netflix? Shit. Uh, ne- well, that's... Normally, when you go on a date, the girl you'd take her to the theater to watch a movie. But when you when you're truly comfortable with someone, you stay at home and watch Netflix. Like you and Jesse, you probably stayed at home together all the time watching movies. You'd, you'd fall asleep on the couch unless you were throwing one of your awesome parties. And, mm-hmm. and a few years later, you'd you'd get married. You'd have a, a small wedding, nothing big, and and you'd have twins, and, and you'd have to get a second job to pay the bills. But you wouldn't care because. Because you'd be going camping all the time with your family and, and, and you tell her she looks even more beautiful with grey hairs. Manny, Manny, I think my love story is bringing you back to life.
0: So Dan asks what Netflix is because Dano's been talking to him about um,
3: Netflix and Netflix
0: chill. and chill as a concept. And then Dan, in response, gets a massive boner. Just this huge prehensile erection and it's Which, just tenting I mean, I, his I, pants I
1: get it I mean Netflix is an exciting concept yeah the idea that you can stream TV straight into your living room yeah oh
3: whoa whoa it's moving what's happening oh!
2: what is that it's alive what is it it's moving oh god
3: I'm disgusting no no, no, no. you're not disgusting Oh no, my body is disgusting no, it's no. horrible it's okay this happens to everybody this happens to everybody it's normal really yeah okay yeah. It's okay. calm down. Hey. 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 Let's just let's just take this away for a second. Calm down. It's okay. Oh
2: Okay.
0: Uh, so the, his boner points the way home, so Dano drags his dead ass that way. Um, Dano briefly, vaguely non-explains the law of diminishing returns. I, I wondered if that was an overt point about the fact that they keep doing the same thing over and over again, and it's the law of diminishing returns writ large. That whole farting thing reaches in a deer within minutes and keeps going the whole way through the film for 90, 92 minutes. Which feels like ninety-two hours, folks. Then they have a chat about masturbation, as you do. Um, Dano talks to him about his dad warning him of jacking it too much, uh, in saying that he only had uh, a finite amount finite of, en- amount of energy, energy in his body;
1: and he'd use it up if he, and went, and up if he went
0: and yeah. Um, <laughs> tangent here, folks. Extra value to the podcast. Um, So, yeah, his dad said, don't jack off. You've only got so much energy in your body. And every time you come, you expel some of that energy. In doing so, you bring yourself closer to death. You do it too much. Um, Most parents would say, you go blind. But this guy was saying, basically, you get older. It's like you drank from the wrong grail. Um, And Donald Trump... I know, like by the time this goes out, maybe he'll be gone. But um, don't
1: hope too hard. This is this is allegedly as well. I
0: just I just know that everything is different every single day because there's something new every fucking day. But this one was just particularly funny. Um, He doesn't like exercise. He believes. Um, that uh, you only have a finite amount of energy in your body like a battery and that every time you exercise you use up some of that energy he also only sleeps apparently three hours a night and uh, he likes to eat steak Um, so he doesn't understand the whole recharge side Mm. of things or that you can get rechargeable batteries so yeah I have my doubts about him as president frankly (laughs) really? (laughs) yeah he sounds like a cretin. <laughs> anyway. Um, then uh, Dano mentions that his mother said, oh, you know what? Um, what your father said isn't a colossal lie. It's actually true. But I'm 40. You're 14. If you wank yourself silly, maybe you'll hit 40 as well. And then we can both die at the same time. Which is a fun thing for a mum to say. I'm just staring off into space at this point. I just, I can't fucking believe I'm watching this film. Just Anyway, she died before uh, he could wank himself into his middle age. Um, then he gets upset thinking about wanking and his dead mum, and uh, Dan says that he, if he could wank, he would think about his dead mum. Dano, who's carrying Dan over his shoulder, steps in shit and falls over. Uh, and th- there's a bear, and then they fall down a hill. And on Dan's suggestion, Dano dresses up as a woman to help Dan remember someone. It doesn't work, at least at first. So, like, he puts on an orange wig made of thrown-away string and a garbage sack. Um, then Dano puppeteers Dan into trying to relate to him as a woman, Uh, and then Dan wants to put his penis inside him, and he wants to put just the tip of his penis inside him. Then Dano builds a trash bus, it's kind of like Cat Bus, but it's made of trash. yeah, and uh, it's Not his cute. it's his stage because basically he's enacting seeing a girl on the bus, and he's trying to he's trying to give Dan this experience. <clears throat> I just like to stop and say, by the way, that I love Dan Radcliffe. I think he's an ace dude. I love him as Harry Potter. He was great in Horns. He was great in The Woman in Black. By all accounts, he was very good in Equus. Um, I. I'm not going to say he was bad in this because ultimately I think he did exactly as he was told and they got exactly what they wanted out of him. So I don't think I, I can't possibly blame Dan for this, and I would like to meet up with him and have a pint of pumpkin juice. But Paul Dano is a little creep, and I would punch him in the balls if I ever saw him.
1: He's our generation's James Spader, basically.
0: He is. But James Spader has an odd sort of sleazy sexiness about him. Not
1: anymore, he doesn't. Yeah, not anymore, no. he doesn't. Because he looks
0: like younger James Spader in a pork mask.
1: Moderately, he did. In he did his in younger sex lies and, and videotape. Little yeah. bit in secretary. Little bit in secretary. Most of that was the fact that he was stood next to Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah. who is. Ah,
0: but Paul Dano is well, always a creep. I like him, I like watching his performance in Little Miss Sunshine. Having to perform basically as somebody who has decided not to speak is challenging as hell because he has to be very physically expressive. Mm-hmm. But he's also playing a, uh, an upset teenager in that, which is much more relatable than any other character I've ever seen him in. He is a creep cubed in There Will Be Blood. Twice, because he's also the creepy brother.
1: I will say this, I have only ever seen Paul Dano play upset teenager. And it doesn't matter how old he is, that's the ca- the character that he seems to have acquired the It's your birthright,
0: Dano. Anyway, uh, so they're doing this bus thing, um, and Dano mentions, life is short and no one deserves to ride the bus alone. And I took exception to that, because uh, obviously it's supposed to be wrong-headed sentiment, but it's actually the sort of thing that um, young men who force girls to take off their headphones say hey no one deserves to ride the bus alone so thus you're riding with me
1: you know what I earned the right to ride this bus alone I brought a book so I could ride this bus alone I
0: bet if I punch you I could ride this bus alone (laughs) anyway <sighs> um, they proceed through the forest and they use more of Dan's skills. And in case you hadn't worked out from the title alone, he is some kind of multi purpose man, like a switch. Like he has multiple skills, as well as dribbling and farting. He can also, like, spit stones like he's a machine gun. Uh, Paul Dano shoves a whole crutch down his throat into his belly and then he fires it up like a grappling hook. Um, There's
1: no like. He is literally using him as a grappling hook.
0: It's so unsanitary. It is. This whole they're using it's hospital like Zelda. waste. He
1: uncovers a different tool in every segment, and then he's going to use it for that purpose True. In yeah. It is
0: effectively a Metroidvania film. Yeah. Also, he um, because of his ability to dribble on cue, he, he gets used as a shower and uh, also a battering ram. Um, and uh, they have a puppet party again, and uh, they're very close to each other at this point, sort of like very woozy on all the the vibes from dancing. Uh, Dan asks uh, Paul Dano, dressed up as Sarah, in sort of in character, about Paul Dano's mum and masturbation hang-ups, just pushing on that button. Uh, they almost kiss because um, Dan is so convinced that Paul Dano is Sarah, but then they don't. Um, th- There's... You know, there's definitely kind of a sort of a weird, codependent, slightly homoerotic um, thing going on between them, you know, which would have been fine, especially if they'd been able to actually talk about it to each other. But since Dan Dan's character seems to have the intellect to begin with of a six-year-old and eventually developing into maybe an 11-year-old, it would still be creepy as fuck. Paul Dano is a, a fully grown adult, um, child molester of child corpses, uh, even though they're fully grown.
1: Yep. He does do an awful lot of child regressing himself as well. So yeah. it's, it's
0: Oh yeah, the whole obsession with farting and and um, uh, poop. They keep going on about poop. It's it's he's gone back to toddler stage.
1: Mm, yeah, it's it's like watching part that part of a Stephen King movie where the two kids are messing about in the woods trying to teach each other about forest porn.
0: There's porn in the woods. <laughs> They press on. They try to cross a pipe bridge. They fall in the water. They kiss to exchange air. Then Dan farts them out of the water. He farts so hard that they just like launch out of the water like a rocket. Then they chat about farting and living together. People at home must have their heads in their hands going, Oh my God, you poor sods. Yes, guys, us poor sods. Join us. Join us.
1: Unless they've seen it and loved it and in which case they're thinking I don't understand You I didn't, didn't adore this. I think bit.
0: Sharon did get it, but she may not have no, adored I, it.
1: I, I'll, I'll get to that.
0: <laughs> a bear attacks, but uh, Dan is crestfallen because Dano has realized that the phone is his and not Dan's. They had a phone. It was was it in Dan's pocket?
1: Um he f- hang on a minute when he dragged him out of the water he found it in a Ziploc bag right. and it's cu- you kind of meant to assume that it's fallen out of Dan's pocket
0: okay that's uh, quite handy putting it in a Ziploc bag it means it won't get wet mm.
1: however I slightly missed that implication therefore I assumed it was Paul Dano's phone the whole time so did I so that was a bit less of a revelation really. yeah
0: yeah there was, there was less of a tie for it to, to Dan. So, yeah, a bear attacks, uh, but Dan's crestfallen, and uh, the realisation that his memories are inherited from Dano, the idea that Dano tried to re- get him to remember his life, and all he was doing was remembering Dano's life. Uh, he then farts them high into the air... <laughs> he farts fire because they're close to a campfire to get away from the bear and then collapses again they end up hanging from a tree branch Uh, he cries and laments the life he believed he had Dano falls from the tree uh, that they landed in and breaks his ankle the bear then starts to drag him off um, they discuss shitting oneself to the nth degree this is while dano is being dragged away by the bear he's just sort of calling out to dan and he's talking about like bit if you die you'd shit yourself and then your cells would shit themselves and then their cells would shit themselves and you'd just be shitting but it's fine because your shit would mix with everyone else's shit and you'd have shit all over it. like shit 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 fart 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 shit, shit 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 fart then dan springs to life because that was the magic word and sees the bear off
1: I have to say shit X amount of times
0: I, I don't know how he saw the bear off. He just fell out of the tree, rolled around he, on the floor he rolls a bit.
1: into the fire, then farts again and kind of bounces up into the air in an explosion of fire. I wasn't the bear gets no scared off.
0: I did not the, that did not convince me that the bear would have anything any real reason to do anything other than whap Dan's head, clean off his well, body
1: Bears are scared of fire.
0: Uh-huh, but they also get aggressive when you fart at them. I happen to know that for a fact. From a bit of personal fucking experience. Is that, is that,
1: experience. For, is that for, um, for grizzlies? Yeah. Brown bears go up a tree. Yeah. Black bears hide in a cave. Grizzlies fart on them.
0: Grizzlies are brown bears. Anyway.
2: Oh, God, this is still going on.
0: Uh, um, they reach Sarah's house, and uh, Dana gets nervous. Um... Dan vomits juice on his crotch And they fight in the garden Because Dano has no confidence Dano wants to go and talk to her But you know He's afraid Uh, And then a small child comes out And I'm like Don't Don't get a small child involved in this Please My one favour Like all of your Shit And fart fetishism In the woods uh, That's fine guys Keep it to yourselves But don't get a kid involved In your scat And 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 Cake farts it's
2: exactly what I was thinking of. Whatever you want to do. Don't link that in the show It's notes. a cake
0: made of junk, though. And then you fart on his junk. And then you make a cake out of it. Anyway. <clears throat> so th- th- I've, I've underplayed... He loses
1: faith completely. I've
0: underplayed quite how much Paul Dano has reconstructed whole sections of society out of junk in this. Like, he's making this whole theatre... And, and puppeteering Dan around in it, just to sort of like give you him a taste a for civilization.
1: And like, parts and they had to of close Disneyland. the restaurant. <laughs> and he makes Dan a Mickey Mouse hat out of something. It looks like paper mache. I don't know how he found paper mache in the wilderness.
0: There was actually a picture on his phone of uh, a girl wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. Yeah. Um, so I think he sort of like took that piece and, and replicated it. You know, like, like he wanted to taste the normal life we are talking John Doe out of seven here basically um, so they reach Sarah's house and Mary Elizabeth Winstead turns up to guard her confused small child
1: as you do as you and do. I have to say this Mary Elizabeth Winstead makes everything better at the she moment. does
0: yeah um, at this point I'm thinking is he her ninth evil ex but in all seriousness from the sounds of it She's only like met him like like she doesn't know him, like he's seen her on the bus, and he's taken photos of her because she looked like she had a nice life um he's so
1: you thought you'd come and fuck it up, well done I
0: mean he Sorry. is only stopping short of cutting off her head at this point the so, yeah, it's the one thing he hasn't done, but I mean he could at least fart all over her, oh, he does he does. What, what, why does Dan die at this point? Like, Dan yeah, just, he just dies.
1: He, he switches off. He, he goes.
0: I've said he goes offline, because yeah. he feels like he's a robot. Um, and then the coroner's closing. They're like, oh, my God, we got a John Doe. <laughs> uh, we got a stiff. And um, they, they they're about to take him away. And the news reporters are there to talk to Dano. And they're like, oh, this incredible exclusive for this... Crazy old hobo found in the woods with a corpse. Let's just chat with him, and it's like, no, in human worlds, they don't chat with people like that. I wondered about that. And a man gets brought in to ask, you know, and asked, you know, is this your son? And he's like, no, I won't look in the bag. And then later on, and Dano goes and snatches away Dan's corpse and rides it to victory, like drives, like pushes it down a hill and rides on him because he just can't let him go. And there's a, there's, I had to turn the um, subtitles on because the coroners are muttering things about um, Dan being a, uh, a bridge jumper who would just have washed ashore. And he's been dead this whole time. Dano's father stops him and says, no, you can't take that corpse. So is he definitely Dano's father and definitely not Dan's father? Yes. Right, okay. Is. So they've found a guy who was lost in the woods and it was Dano, not Dan. And Dan is just, this John Doe is going to get buried and no one's going to come to his um, burial because nobody cares and then he'll just die unsung and on notif- uh un... Um, what's the word? Eulogised. Mm. The, the, the police and Mary Elizabeth Winston, who's pursuing for no reason, by no, the way. No, because her point. kids run down the hill. Oh, her kids crew. run down the hill. Okay, yeah. that's She's true.
2: not
1: interested in him, and, in him right. at this stage. She just wants to, to get her to get back. kid back.
0: And I, understandably so. Yeah. Her this guy,
1: husband's there too, because it's been revealed that she's married.
0: Because yeah. this guy's going to fart on your kid. So just look at her. <laughs> they find his trash world, like his, like, um, <laughs> his trash bus and his trash tea party. And then they get to the beach. And then... Um, Dan's definitely dead and then they uh, they are about to arrest Paul Dano and as they are about to handcuff him he starts to rumble and then he farts. Uh. And because the subtitles were still turned on so I could hear what the coroners were saying it just says in brackets farts. Which I just thought is poetic. Farts. And that, that kind of sums up this movie. In brackets farts. Farts. Then everyone goes uh, smelly Farts oh, oh, it smells. I mean, they're not, like, falling over, but, they you know, it's clearly... It's it's an onion stew. And Paul Dano seems quite proud of it. He's like, it was me. Like, he's owning it this time. Like, he's he's been shy of farting before, but, like, now Dan has taught him that since he has smelt it, he shall forevermore be he who dealt it. And then someone says, stop farting. And he goes, it wasn't me farting. And then Dan farts, and then farts himself out to sea, grinning, and then it blows himself away on his own wind while everyone stares in bemusement. The end. Okay, folks, your guess is as good as fucking mine! The reason I haven't watched the extras is because if I went to see this in the cinema, there wouldn't be extras available. And I tend to watch films more with extras to, to delve deeper, but I don't want to delve deeper on this. I'll, I'll let Sharon do that for me. I've got some, like I say, theories as well. But I think it's actually quite, a, you know, I'm going to follow the natural conclusion on this one and not watch an hour and six minutes of the director. Doing Q&A with the audience. Uh, What were your major influences when making this film? (laughs) I've talked for 43 minutes now. I am going to let Sharon go to town on this one. Go for it.
1: Okay. Um, Right, first off, there was something that we couldn't not think of while we were watching this. And I am going to (laughs) say that... All of the of, of what I perceive to be the themes and the uh the psychological insight and ideas contained within this movie
0: were already covered
1: can be adequately um absorbed through watching the last episode of season two of The Mighty Boosh, uh, The Nightmare, Nightmare of, of Milky, Milky jo. Joe, um, in which. It totally reminded me
0: of this immediately as well. Yeah, and that was was before
1: they set up the coconut guests at the party.
0: Don't drink Um, the coconut milk. It makes you coco loco.
1: But yeah, um, if you're not familiar, Howard and um, Vince Vince get stranded on a desert island and basically have to construct.
0: They don't have to. They decide decide to. They elect to make coconut. Companions, yeah,
1: because they're bored,
0: and play out a drama like a, a like a, um, a, a love triangle, mm. betrayal, mainly because they're bored. Yeah. Hi there, Vince. What do you want? Who's this? Precious, is it really?
4: Can I have a word, please? <sighs> Sorry about this, really Precious, I'll only be a minute. Look, what do you want? Having fun, are you? We're having a pretty good day, actually. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Two of them, yeah? Yeah? Two of us. What's your point? Oh, come on, Vince. You know what I'm saying. No. Put in a word for me with Precious. <sighs> Look, Howard, it ain't gonna work like that. Oh, come on, why not? I don't wanna take the wind out of yourselves, but it's not happening. Why not? Cos me and Ruby are getting on really well, OK? And the thing is, she's a bit kinky. What? She wants to get Precious involved. Oh, you're joking. I'm an open-minded guy. We're going to have some punch and head off down the beach, see what happens. Maybe go for the coconut freeway. What about me? What about you? You've got Milky Joe. The man's an ass. Is he? He's really boring. He won't stop talking about Sartre. Come on, please. And I really like her. All right, look. I'll have a word with her, but yes. I can't promise anything, all right? It's fine. Uh, look, we're having dinner at 7 o'clock in my hut, yeah? Why don't you swing by, all right? Yeah, 7, I'll be there. Can you sort your outfit out? Your uh, leaves are well out of fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Well, what's happening here? I'll, I'll sort it out. OK, well, yeah. make sure you do, because you look like a Dave Lee Travis. I'm all over it. Hot yeah. oh, date tonight, Milky Joe. Oh, so I miss one lecture. I'll get notes. You're going to fail me. Oh, shut up.
1: Um, but that, that is kind of the essence of what I interpreted. I'm not going to say what I got. Do you think Dana was film, bored? What I interpreted—I don't think he was bored. No, I don't think it was out of boredom. Although I think that uh, boredom and social isolation played a massive part in it. The—the the way I was reading this film was basically as a, uh, a psychological reconstruction of somebody who had felt so cut off and so lonely in his life that he had basically um, sandpapered himself down to nothing. And um, the point at which he uh, had the, the noose round his neck and was on the desert island was, it, I was... I was up to the point that they fetch up in Mary Elizabeth Winstead's back garden... I was taking this whole thing as metaphorical.
0: So was I. And my hypothesis was confounded.
1: Mine wasn't exactly, but I'll get to that. Um, So the, the island that he's on initially is an internal form of isolation. It's obviously too much for him to bear. And he decides that he's going to kill himself. And that's the point at which he sees this corpse on the beach and... The way I was reading it was that basically this is the core of his internal self. This is the the element of his interior being that to all and purposes is dead. Um, It it kind of was emphasised by the fact that you've got the contrast in the shirts that they're wearing. Um, uh, Radcliffe's is blue and Dano's is red, which is a a very obvious colour contrast. And, um, or it
0: could just be the only two shirts available in the charity shop.
1: Yeah, no, no, no I, I'm well aware of that. But I was trying to read symbolism and things into it to... Oh, no, to,
0: carry on, to, yeah, you
2: know, yeah.
1: Expound on that. Um, and the fact that in the process of contemplating his suicide... Um, Paul Dano starts waxing lyrical and getting sort of very romanticised about the whole situation. Meanwhile, Dan's farting on a beach. And it's like this sort of this contrast between this overly romantic perspective. But actually, the, the reality of the physical body and the physical world is it keeps distracting him and, and pulling his attention away. Oh, Terence,
0: you taught me to fart again. So <laughs> It felt like Terence and Philip the movie. Not uh, without my anus.
2: Blue and red. Yeah. So there
0: you go. That's what it was. Um, That's what this was. It was one man teaching another man how to fart. Would you
2: like a monkey claw, Philip? Yes, please. (laughs) That's called the monkey claw because it feels like my colon is being ripped apart by a thousand monkeys.
1: The monkey claw is smelly. Then it does the bit where um, he got on him and and jet skied across the Pacific.
2: Uh, And
1: the only thing I wrote was, sorry, what? (laughs) Um, so this fart powered jet ski effectively takes him home. He washes up on a beach that he he realizes. Well, is, I liked
0: your. I mean, I agree. Like, that's immediately what I interpreted it as well. The, yeah. the, uh, oh, It I, being I'm an emotional not. expulsion. Yeah, at that absolutely.
1: Point. I'm. I'm not thinking that you didn't get any of this stuff either. But the, I. I. I think.
0: Well, no. I'm just like from you You're sorry. What suggests that you didn't get that? That was him expressing his emotion.
1: Oh no! 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 <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. this is this is kind of an important point I think to make about the film because the, there will be people who listen to everything that you just said and w- their response will be, well, you obviously didn't get it. Well, you're it taking it all
0: literally there's
1: important stuff in here that has obviously just passed you by. Oh no, 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 <laughs> I got it. That does not mean, however, that I ever want to see it again. Um anyway, moving on. Um so the, he gets to to this beach which is near home but he doesn't want to leave Manny behind. So he carries this leaking farting corpse on his back up the hill um and finds the the swimsuit, sports illustrated and and a pack of cheese puffs in the sea and and yeah, he's living in an area that he's surrounded by trash and and he's, you know, trying to live off the land but there isn't really any land to to live off. Um, the the conversation about his mother singing to him so he wouldn't overthink things. So obviously he's the kind of person who's given to anxious and obsessive behaviour. Do you think this may become relevant as the course of the film? Well, no,
0: he's like from within the first few seconds, you can tell that he's prone to anxious and obsessive behaviour. I
1: know, but my point is that there are other things in here that kind of back that up and, and... you know, as in like that
0: this that. is not something new to him. No, absolutely. He's been doing this he's for been a been while.
1: This, he's been doing this his whole life, Am obviously. Right? And, and it's in as it, subtle in a subtler thing. Well, a subtle. Um, as, nothing subtle as about this As thing film. Um, as the fact that it's tipping it down with rain. Yeah. He has a plastic cup um, and he's obviously very, very thirsty. And he rigs up this... Rig- ridiculously overcomplicated setup with sticks and a piece of canvas to drain water that is falling freely from the sky
2: yeah.
1: into the cup and it's pouring down mate just stabilize the cup leave it in place for 5 minutes it'll be full
0: or well, just lie on the ground what, with your mouth open like Dan
1: what does the, the this the, the material at this point is merely polluting the water you're collecting because it's not clean so what exactly is that for? And this is the point, right. <laughs> this is the point at which suddenly Dan becomes Tap Man.
0: You mean Jizz Mouth Man?
1: Stomach water.
0: Just pouring it which, out. Which,
1: you know, obviously the point of this Ooh, is... he's like a fire that, hydrant. You know, he, he provides... Um, uh, Paul Dano with whatever he needs in that particular moment. And obviously part of the point here is oh, always like
0: a greasy soda jerk.
1: When you are trying to psychologically recover yourself yep. from such a low point,
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything that you need to put yourself back together again is there. It is it's within you because Manny is is a part of Hank. He's yep. not he's not a separate being. They are one and the same, and yep. there are many things that, that reinforce this.
2: Yep.
1: Um but you know what I said about the whole watching somebody enact their fetish that really doesn't do anything for you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're right about the spit. I I don't I still have yet to get to the absolute root of why this is such a big deal for me, but the whole way through this scene and anything that involved Day, you know, drinking all the the <laughs> stomach water Juice. just Mate, I, I, I can. It's happening now. My gag reflex was going, and I just, I thought, if this is going to carry on, I can't watch this. I'm going to be sick, (laughs) and it was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Don't
0: recommend spit-heavy movies to us, folks. No.
1: No, please not. Um, Which I am not holding Dan Mayer responsible for this at all. We love you, Dan. He didn't know in any way that this was one of the things that just got my triggers going. But but it is. Although I
0: did say uh, I hated the lobster, and it's really similar in tone.
1: It is very similar in tone, yes. Um, It's
0: really got this kind of, look, we are doing this right now, and if you don't get it, then I guess you're in for a bumpy ride. Well,
1: okay, you were talking earlier this week about... um, uh, somebody's music being, like, beat poetry. And these films feel uh, to me... Gambino. Yes, sorry, yeah, Childish Gambino and um, his...
0: uh, Second album.
1: Second album. And that was kind of what I kept thinking of while we were watching this. And I would say The Lobster is fairly similar. I can can totally see that there is stuff in this movie that's really going to grab some people and really going to mean something to them and really, really going to connect with them. And... God knows I have no desire to sound in any way judgmental of people for mm. whom it does connect. If if these movies float your boats, guys, fantastic. If if there is something Provided in Provided that, that, that you
0: extend us the same courtesy of allowing us to hate this movie's fucking guts. Well,
1: that, that's kind of, you know, beside the point. You know, I, we do you. No, we... Whoa, whoa, whoa. We do what? <laughs> we do not do you. That's a bit more that's than more $150. That's more than $150, yeah. No, 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 no. Right. Uh, You do you, we'll do us.
0: What? (laughs) No webcams will be involved. I'm,
1: I'm gonna get off this particular track. Um, anyway back to the um, analysis of Swiss Army Man but the, the amount the point of talking
0: is, about wanking
1: I know I'll get to that in a minute oh will we so um, so he's, he starts uh, Paul Dano then starts to um, tell Manny off and then he says I sound like my dad and it, so this you get the indication what was he telling that, him off for?
0: for jizzing everywhere out of his mouth
1: no um, it's something else talking it's, it's when he's trying to get him to talk and he says you sound like a retard and right. um, no one's going to Listen to you if you talk like that, and then he says, "I sound like my dad." So obviously, and then his dad
0: later on says that to him. He does, yeah. yeah. Um, Prick.
1: But this uh, is evidence that he's had this um, this abusive parental figure in his life, and he's internalised that. And he he kind of for the next section of the film, he is swinging between a a parent emulating his father's behaviour towards him. Whether in an explicit impression because he's trying to explain to Manny how his dad used to talk to him Mm -hmm. or accidentally because he's he's trying to sound parental and authoritative and, um, uh, you know, give give guidance to Manny and his voice changes. And I actually this whole bit, I was really quite impressed with the way Paul Dano pulled this off. Um, Dano, Dano, sorry. Um, it's it's a great example of um, a, a psychological theory um, called transactional analysis, which is in which you take the roles of a parent, a child or an adult throughout your life and you swing between one state and another. And he does this. You can He's not an adult a whole lot of the time and that's kind of part of the point but he does swing between this parental guidance person who doesn't really sound like him and the scared, frustrated child who also doesn't really sound like him but is seems more authentic and more him than the parent is. So, uh, I thought the way he, he pulled that off was great. Um, so, then it becomes pretty obvious that he, he says something about, maybe I'm just hallucinating from starvation. But it, it's clear to me at this stage... All
0: he eats is like Cheesy Puff cheesy dust. Cheesy
1: that's all he can find. Yeah.
0: Dust. There's um, not even puffs that's left all in That's all left. He right tries right? to eat some unpopped popcorn, but then that just turns to corn mush in his mouth. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. It, it
1: does. This yeah, whole, it does. whole
0: movie is disgusting.
1: Um. So... Yeah, whatever the reason behind it, Hank is basically pushing aspects of himself out and externalizing them and into Manny so that he can relate to them. And I, I, I relate. I understand that. I totally get that. Um, you know, it's it's something I do to keep myself sane. On occasion, is is you know, create external aspects of myself that I can have conversations with because it helps it really does much like
0: Alice in Wonderland
1: absolutely when there is too much in your head for one person to contain getting some of it outside is really useful it, it, it's very helpful and I, I completely understand or I thought I did at this point where they were going <laughs> with this and so and did I was
0: oh, I was like and I was oh. and,
1: I'm, and I'm sat there thinking okay the gross bits really really grossed me out but I, I get where they're going with this and I'm always saying about horror movies I want to see horror movies where the director and the writer are basically talking about something that scares them personally and I got that this was something really personal. oh yeah, no, so yeah. The, I the also creators. got it that it
0: was, it was personal it was two directors totally as little. well and yeah
1: Okay, so directed
0: by Daniel Schweinart mm-hmm. and, and Daniel, Kwan. Daniel Kwan, and it was written by Daniel Schweinart and Daniel Kwan. Oh okay, no, so they, sorry. So they
1: both worked together to to make So obviously, this is this is very personal to the two of them. Lots of Dans, so many Dans Dan, knocking
0: around. Dan, Dan, Dan,
1: Dan, 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 is, he perceives himself as trash, and, and Manny picks up on this straight away. Um, Hank doesn't want to talk about why he has been expelled from society. Um, and, it, again, it was reinforcing that, for me, this whole story is about Hank trying to uh, reintegrate himself. Um, he's He is using Manny to literally start from scratch. He's talking about, you know, this is your body, and this is what your body does, and this is your brain, and this is what your brain does.
0: Sidebar, can I just read what I wrote? Yeah. Because it's in line with what you're saying. Sure. Hi, just I want to get it out of the way because you're going to elaborate further and then okay. I'll have to go back and go, well, I, I was sort of there on the ground level. but then, like, well, actually, fine. Like the, the next level up. Hypothesis. Young man in the middle of a nervous breakdown, confused, depressed, isolated to the extreme, wreckage of a life totally removed from society, suicidal to begin with, but takes refuge in the forest of his mind. His phone battery is his tenuous and precarious link with reality. It's always running out. Dan is his functionality, all of the skills he possesses that have been sluiced away as he loses all faith in himself. He slowly gets those skills back, rediscovering various elements about himself. This is why Dan starts out with half a brain cell and slowly becomes more complex the closer they get to home. Once he's home, he's back to being able to sort of function in regular society. Mm. And then she ruined everything. everything.
1: Like I said, Fight Club Parallels. Um, (laughs) I agree completely with everything, except for one thing. You said middle of a nervous breakdown. This is end of a nervous breakdown. This is the attempt to reconstruct himself after the nervous breakdown. He's hit rock bottom at the beginning of this. This is picking up the bits and the scraps and trying to put them back together again. That's the way I saw it anyway. This is the the point at which Hank creates this entire externalised imaginative world reminiscent of... Milky Joe and his his tropical island. lily white. Yes, absolutely. Um, So uh, Manny identifies that Hank wants to go home to find love, but he ran away because no one loves him, and that he feels like he's useless and trashy and unwanted. Obviously, Um, all of
0: the uh, um, connection to uh, love uh, was his uh, to his mother, and then as soon as she died, and that would have been in his mid-teens.
1: Before he even really
0: became, uh, you know, accustomed to wanking. Mm. So he sort of stopped there, emotionally speaking. And from the looks of it, physically speaking as well. What, that's that 20 years in arrested development?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, And then you you have this whole thing. I mean, things like the fact that he finds this Sports Illustrated and that is kind of that whole mystery porn that you find in the woods thing that, you know, before the internet, this is how people got porn. Really,
2: mm-hmm.
1: really, mm-hmm. Uh, um, and 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 it, it kind of that, as you said, sparks off Manny's heart to beat and his cock to twitch and become this sort of rudimentary compass, apparently, which points the way to home. Um, and it's it's all sort of these these elements of, of Manny coming back to life. And like you say, he it's it's Hank bringing himself back from the edge and uh, you know layering the the elements of himself back to to being breathing functioning parts of himself again um in the conversation about masturbation you can kind of see it, it becomes a bit difficult to filter out where the parent is in hank because he is trying to be parental hank is dana right yeah um and his voice gets deeper when he's imitating his father, but as I said before, he is still very much this, this very childlike person with a very childlike view on all of this Wanking, stuff. That he's shitting and to farting. Yeah. Um, and women. And women, yes. And and just there seems to be this he he doesn't have a real connection to any of this stuff that he's discussing, and his his being symbolically cut off from his own body by being unwilling to Masturbate, and as we uncover later on, fart. mildly unwillingly, um, fart or pee or throw up or or do anything that is, is nothing can physical. come out of him. Yeah, any anything that involves expelling anything, which is obviously representative of expelling any kind of emotion, he can't do in front of Manny. It makes him feel uncomfortable. He is he is really he's this rigid person who is unable to really feel anything and part of getting his physicality back through Manny is getting his emotions back because the two things go together because if your body works properly you feel emotions that's it's your body trying to tell you things um and he tells Manny to shut up because this is all getting too real. I've put too real question mark, too ridiculous question mark for him. Um, so he's trying to get him to, to shut up. Um, and then, so he's he's kind of gone through these these basic physical feelings. And then you have the intrusion of the, the wild animal into the scene, which provo- provokes this response this is the bear. of fear. The bear, yeah. Starts as a raccoon but becomes point. a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh in fact uh, Dan even refers to it as a raccoon. Yeah,
1: he says it's a he says the bear's a a, a big, big raccoon. raccoon. <laughs> yeah. Um and meaning they're
0: interchangeable that the situation has now come back far larger and harder to deal with.
1: Absolutely. Um so Hank's interpreting these, these wild animals as a threat. The thing about the phone, um, one thing I picked up on was that it is it is this potential point of connection with the outside world. And Hank is determined to preserve the battery until they're closer to home. Mm-hmm. But I think there's another layer to that as well. It it he, This is a very delicate process that he's going through. If he tries to make contact with the real world before he's ready, it's going to break it. It's going it, to... It's potentially going to mess it up, and that kind of hinted at the idea that later on he's going to be dragged into a situation where he has to encounter the real world, and it's going to shit him up.
0: Also, side note: that would also his phone is his little window for which he views the world. He mm. looks at a girl in the phone,
1: absolutely, the without world, actually looking at her.
0: They even even restages the whole. Look at me, I'm a girl. You need to look at me with your phone. Yeah, the Ta-dam.
1: world, his past. His father, all of his connections are through this tiny little square. Window. So again, Black Mirror mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Um, Side right, note, so- by the
0: way, as well, the whole building everything out of trash. Do you remember Far Cry 2?
1: E- the one that
0: takes place in Africa. Yes. There is a uh, forge mode, similar to Halo, uh, where you can build a level... Uh, of your own, and I, I had a go. And But basically, all that you've got available to you is stuff that's from the game. And the stuff that's from the, where people live is, like, shanty towns. So everything is garbage. The only thing you can build is, a like, differently rearranged garbage. And, like, I, I remember someone had created the Alien Queen's Hive out of garbage... And I was just wandering around it, going, "This would be beautiful if it wasn't made of garbage." And like, there is a sort of an almost beautiful about a lot of the crafts that he puts together because they're so meticulous, mm. but they're also garbage. And you're wondering if you might get hepatitis from them. And mm. it's just, it's, it's, it's wasted creativity.
1: Mm. See that for me as well. I I agree, and that was kind of. Emblematic of the idea that when you're this low, all you have to build with is garbage.
2: Garbage.
1: You don't. You don't have any good materials, and it's very easy to feel like nothing mm. I'm building oh, right no. here is worth anything. I get oh, it. I know. I know. I completely I know. get that. I know. I totally get. You oh, it's
0: too. a film about depression. Oh, I don't understand it. I com- I understand it. It's just so fucking heavy-handed. It is a bit. It is heavy-handed, heavy-arsed, and heavy-shitted, <laughs> and heavy-ballsed.
1: So, um, okay, so the next bit is is Hank sort of experimenting with the whole dressing up as a girl and uh embracing the idea that he's he might be pretty and becoming this uh this person that manny this is tries my woman's suit with and, and fall in love with
0: just what he thought he couldn't get any creepier
1: right now this. <laughs> For me, in terms of, if we, again, take all this as internal metaphor, okay. um, basically this is Hank re-embracing his anima. Mm-hmm. Um, people well, who who's have been absent
0: me, since the death of his mother.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, he's never been able to create a fully formed one, possibly something to do with, with why he can't comfortably interact with with women because that part of himself is hidden and squashed and and repressed.
0: And thanks to his dad he can't even spank it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Indeed. It's good therapy, folks. Um anyway. He so- should have
0: farted all over that bald old bastard.
1: <laughs> Maybe he will.
0: Maybe he uh, will. Maybe he will. Well sequel? The Farting.
1: God. So Manny fixates on the idea that, that he's meant to bump into this girl and fall in love with her and Hank goes all out, creates this stage which becomes a bus um, and he—he, he sh- How does he shave? This left me a little bit puzzled because one minute he's got this full- He probably found some beard.
0: razor blades in the garbage. But, but
1: then I didn't see any evidence of any cuts or even any shaving rash. Oh, it Couldn't worked it first say? time.
0: People were throwing away good razor so blades. It would appear, Not yeah. absolutely saturated in Hep B. Mm, yeah.
1: Um but yeah, I kind of liked him with all the beard and all hairy because it's kind of it's it shows how contrast he is with his father, who's completely bald.
0: No, he's got a handle of a moustache.
1: Apart from the moustache.
0: I don't quite know what point you're getting at here.
1: Bald headed. I don't know what I'm getting at.
0: This hair are um, your aerials. So this is the reason bald men are <laughs> uptight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
1: what what hank's doing at this point is is recreating a child's perception on life you know he, he makes scenery that passes by the bus by taping all these pictures together yeah. and um, creating this little windy thing to make it look as though manny's driving along
0: sidebar and- which directors and other creators did this stuff remind you of besides the mighty bush because i had a few This didn't remind you of anyone beyond the lobster? I'm pretty sure it
1: did, but it's late and I'm tired. Why don't you suggest a few and I'll I'll see if I can get
0: Okay. Charlie Kaufman, Michelle Gondry.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: No? I can see that. Yeah.
1: No no no, I can totally see that.
0: Being John Malkovich. They're not directors who the the stay in the sleep. forefront
1: of my brain a whole lot.
0: But... Even a little bit of where the wild things are.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the third would be Spike Jones adaptation. The whole Nicholas Cage and his brother like may in fact be just one guy. Mm.
1: Also manages to disappear up its own ass before the end of the film.
0: All Charlie Kaufman films disappear up their own ass. Oh, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind as well. Felt like that's true. I started watching that the other day, and I actually started having a, a mild anxiety attack and I had to turn it off. I haven't seen it since I saw it first time in the cinema, mm. but I was already very stressed, and it is not a good film to watch when you're stressed.
1: Okay, I I can't remember if I've actually seen it.
0: Mark Ruffalo is in it. Jim Carrey's in it.
1: I know Jim Carrey's in it. I know Kate Winslet's in it. I know she has orange hair. Kirsten Dunst's all I'm in aware it. Of.
0: Tom Wilkinson's in it, but then Tom Wilkinson's in everything.
1: Right. I think does Kirsten Dunst bounce on a bed at some point? Yes, that's right. in the trailer, though. Is it? Maybe I've only seen the trailer then.
0: Basically, Jim Carrey wants to forget. And yeah, no, no,
1: no, no. I know what the plot is.
0: There's a lot of uh, mental landscapes in
1: yeah. it. Okay.
0: And there's a the, there are elements of that in this that mm. either he's in trying to remember he's also trying to, like, move on from something traumatic.
1: Yeah. Um, so Hank basically romanticises the whole scenario mm. um, to the point that Manny becomes anxious and asks him to stop because it's, it's got too real and he is aware of his own inadequacy. Um, and obviously he's, he's embodying Hank's fear and inadequacy well, at this point. If you
0: want to look at this as just purely metaphorical, it's a, a nervous man growing very slowly to love himself.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, a few words on the subject of onanism.
1: <laughs> and from that from that perspective, I do, I get it. I get why there are probably many, many people who really, really liked this. But it, it felt to me like the, the point, was drowned in filmic methods, content bits that were just attempting to push people away as far and as fast as possible. Mm. And, and that, that kind of is. That's is, why I
0: thought that the farting thing should have been one moment in the film. They hit the law of diminishing returns on that so fucking soon. Yeah, I, I get that. They kept that. doing it over but it, and over it, again.
1: It kind of felt like that was part of the the point that the that people who experience these kind of feelings and and in such intense depth and find it so difficult to to connect with others that they are desperately lonely, desperately wanting to to find someone and connect with anybody that can see things just a little bit the way they can or appreciate them for what they are. But at the same time, the, the complete lack of ability that they have to make those connections keeps everybody at spiky arm's length and and makes it impossible for them to get close. And, and I get that as a, a storytelling tool, but you can't Okay, for me, the whole movie can't be that. The whole movie can't be that because then I don't want to know. I don't. It's it's so hard to get past that. At some point, you've got to be willing to put down the fart gags and let people in.
0: Not even fart gags. It wasn't supposed to be funny. No, it's not a
1: gag. No, it's not. It's about social anxiety. It's not
0: really about.
1: it is but it's about a very specific social anxiety. I can't possibly fart. I feel like the litmus test on this
0: is to show it to Lyra and see what she makes of it. Oh no. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no,
3: no.
1: It would baffle. Oh god, no all the bonus. Yeah, no, all the bonus. No. Farting
0: obviously she'd just she'd find that hilarious to begin with and then she'd be like Stop farting. But the amount of boners in this, it's not child-appropriate. See also small child bought in here.
1: Mm. Um, Oh, anyway... So they have the whole coconut people party, and then they have the conversation about. And this is this is what I, I can actually, see. Sharon's
0: now struggling. There's beads of sweat on her brow. I I
1: actually liked the, how this conversation played out because it started off. It was getting really scary, and I thought it was going to become all Milky Joe, and there was going to be this sort of. Uh, Sarah was going to fall in love with one of the coconut people at the party and Manny was going to get really hyper jealous and and try and kill her or something and I I just had worries that it was going to go that way.
4: It
1: didn't. Um, but what does happen is that Manny insists that Hank remain as Sarah for the duration of this conversation, which was creepy and weird. Yep. Um, but
0: Manny, by the way, is kind of Dan. Fits. Danny.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Manny is, is Daniel Radcliffe. But if you don't know, why are you still listening? Frankly, they aren't. Um, <laughs> we're talking to the air right now. We may well be. Oh. If God. you've ever
0: seen us go crazy, folks, the, we're as closest to we could possibly get here. The, the, um, this is we are in the mouth of madness this is lovecraftian right now
1: so i just
0: saw an albino penguin that's how bad it got
1: the um after the party um manny is basically telling sarah about the conversation with hank uh, where he said about he he can't masturbate because it makes him think of his mother and that makes him sad <sighs> and so that whole thing is is associated with misery and loss for him and 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 that, again, is a perfect example of this externalization. The fact that Manny will talk about this and Hank won't means that he can, he can hear it coming from somebody else, which erases a lot of the shame to do with, with things that you internalize and you don't want to express them or share them with anybody because you think that this is the thing that's too terrible. And if anybody knew about this, they would never forgive me or love me or appreciate me and, and to have somebody actually listen to that and feed it back to you and say that you are being a no that's totally not anywhere near as bad as you thought it was what are you on about <laughs> um <laughs> That might sound dismissive, but honestly, that's one of the most reassuring things anybody ever said to me. I told them something which I thought was like, this is the worst thing ever, and I'm a horrible, horrible person. And they just looked at me and went,
0: no. What? You're being a twit. No,
1: that's so minor. Stop being a twit. Just forget it. And it, it really helped. And then they are crossing the bridge, and then they fall, and they're hanging off the bridge, and... Now, stuff. Hank mentions that when he tried to hang himself at the beginning, he expected that his life would flash before his eyes, but nothing really did. And now he's actually got some memories to flash before his eyes. So his brain starts replaying some of the stuff that's happened on the island. And at this point, it made me think of Garden State. Okay. That whole thing about, you know, the 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 uh, the feeling of being completely isolated and cut off within yourself, not able to connect with any of your own feelings, certainly not able to connect with anybody else around you, and it all being geared towards this father and loss of mother, and the result is that father tries even harder to compress and restrict and restrain feelings and emotions. The complete... The emotion, which is almost completely absent from this movie, by the way, is anger. They go through sadness. They go through fear. They go, they sure they as hell go through, through disgust. disgust. Um, <laughs> and there are even fleeting moments of joy, but there is very little in the way of anger. And I actually found that really interesting because the idea that... that. Um, Uh, traditionally speaking, anger is like the one emotion that boys are permitted to express unrestrainedly. And that's why you end up with so many angry men who have, that is the only means they have of expressing themselves because it's the only thing that they've ever been allowed to do without curbs. They fall in the water and they they do kiss at this point and the, the air in Manny's lungs then enables uh, Hank to be able to get to the surface,
0: and also the air in Manny's ass,
1: and the air in Manny's ass, which propels them out of the water like a, you know, fart-powered farting rocket. man. Um, and then they, they talk about Hank's dad not being particularly fantastic at expressing how he feels, oh, um, which God. Manny is totally unimpressed by. And then they have the conversation about you know all the physical expression things that that Hank says in in society you aren't allowed to do, and. Um, Manny doesn't want to go home because he's like but here we can do whatever we like we can feel how we want to feel we can say what we want to say (laughs) we We want want to to be
0: free to to do do what we we want to do (laughs) (laughs) we could be reviewing The World's End right now
1: It's going to seem like a masterpiece after this isn't it?
0: frankly it is yeah Yeah, by comparison
1: okay um So then, yeah, this is where you find out that the phone is Hank's, which did throw me because I'd always thought the phone was Hank's and it it was a little bit weird that you weren't supposed to. What a twist! Um, Really? (laughs) And then, and he admits that he doesn't actually know Sarah and that the pictures he has of her are ones that he sneakily took on the bus. Now, By the way, again,
0: for me, assumption, I was just like, well, yeah, he doesn't seem like someone who could hold down a relationship. Yeah, That's not me being judgmental if you're shy, folks. No one listening is this bad. You literally couldn't be because your phone would run out of power because you're currently living in the woods right now.
1: (laughs) Okay, my note at this point was creep alert. Yes, it's sad, but come on, dude. Um... (sighs) This makes Manny really miserable um, because he realises that... Oh, he's a
0: miserable Manny.
1: That Sarah is not... He he thought up to this point that Sarah was his wife or his girlfriend um, and he realises that he is... Um, he's remembering somebody that that Hank knows, and I thought this would have been a splendid point for the revelation that he is an aspect of Hank and a, an externalisation of Hank's feelings. Or the other way round would also have been yeah, fine. That was the yeah. That was the other thing I was thinking. Again, this is where the Fight Club parallel came in. I was like, right, is Hank actually Tyler, and Manny is actually Jack. Jack that he's been effectively a corpse this whole time, but actually. What he looks like and who he is, is Daniel Radcliffe. And the externalisation is Paul Dano, because he's pushed all of the the rejected elements again either of them
0: are quite clever endings either
1: of those would have been great and this would have been the point for it to come in
0: but it starts it finishes as it started folks (laughs) Um,
1: and then and and I really liked the fact that that, um, Hank then starts to quote at him um, this is the point where Manny gets really sad and can't stop crying and um, Hank starts to talk to him about it's not healthy to fixate on these things and you can learn to control your emotions which I guarantee you are phrases that he got beat over the head with repeatedly as a kid.
0: At the point when he started sobbing and blubbing and crying, I really, really, really wanted Daniel Plainview to turn up and go... If you would just you take lose. this please, Daniel... DRAIN IT! Drain IT, Eli, you
2: boy! DRAIN IT, BOY! I drink it all!
1: Um, So the the reawakening of all these feelings, bringing back sadness and fear and loneliness. And and again, you know, these are some of the hardest things about going through therapy when what you're in therapy for is being frozen and not being able to feel things. Mm -hmm. That when it starts to unlock, it feels like fucking shit. It's horrible. When you start to feel things again after having not felt for a very, very long time, it feels horrible. And you want it to go away. And you want it to stop. And it's like, okay, can I just go back to being dead again, please? Because it was a lot easier. So so don't anybody tell me I don't get this. (sighs) (sighs) Sorry, give me a minute. It's
0: okay. If you've just joined us, we're talking about Swiss Army Man.
1: Which so far has made me both puke and cry. So well done! <laughs> um.
0: Thanks, Dan. What are you going to do for an encore?
1: <laughs> What's that from? Ainley raped my mother while pouring
0: sugar in <laughs> my guest tank. Clarks.
1: That's the one. Oh, God. You used right. to call that
0: Clarks, by the way. I did. Because that's
1: how you pronounce it in England. <laughs>
0: I'd like to... One for Clark's, please.
1: (laughs) Sorry, what?
0: That's um, high-quality, dependable school footwear.
1: Uh, It is. That's very true. I used to wear those shoes because I couldn't get ones anywhere else that were skinny enough for my feet. Um, Right. So, um, at this point, Hank lets go of the tree and just drops um, because he, he can't go back to life. At this stage. And
0: the bear's still waiting down there.
1: And yeah, so he's basically dooming himself to be bear food at this point.
0: Eaten by a bear. The um, Hank story.
1: And um, and Manny Manny farted kind of,
0: the Manny story.
1: Manny kind of gives himself a, a name. He not not a name as in a, a personal name, but he identifies what he is. I got a point. name that he is somebody that Hank has created. Um, as a distraction and as a, a way of processing what's going on within himself, and again, this whole thing, this should have been leading up to a reintegrating end for me. This is what I was, I was expecting. where well, they become one and the same. And man Hoping for at this point, yeah. Um, and then Hank, as the bear drags him away, that the whole conversation <laughs> about shitting yourself to death and and just beca- it was that was okay because you were going to become the part of the shit of everything else. I was like, that's Ooh. fine. It, they're talking about existentiality. I, you know, I get it. It's about you know, you become one with the universe. You know what, though? I prefer the stardust conversation. It, it just, it feels better.
0: You mean from before sun somewhere?
2: Are, we're, we are we're all, all stardust. stardust! And the stars exploded billions of years ago. They formed everything that is this world. Everything we know is stardust. So don't forget you
1: are stardust. <laughs> Not just there, but there, yes. We could
0: be reviewing voices. Before Sunrise right now, Yeah, folks. but then
1: we'd get to Before Midnight and you'd be just as angry. Oh,
0: God damn it. Um,
1: <laughs> so People um, are going,
0: you didn't like Before Midnight? No, I did not.
1: <laughs> so then, um, so this is the final kick that Manny needs to come sort of more or less all the way back to life. And um, and he's able to scare off the bear and As you do. and free Hank and now he's carrying not Hank.
0: A, not a metaphor, sadly.
1: Take well, no. Um, Although and, maybe it
0: was. I mean, what was what? What the bear? Freeing Hank from the bear. What's the bear in this case? Symbolism, danger. Not
2: sure,
1: danger It is, Yeah. Okay, danger and extremes of feeling and and just being taken by it and pulled back into the wilderness. I don't know. Maybe it's symbolic eaten, of something killed, in,
0: killed by a bear. What's the, the Mold,
1: thing that they eaten. inexplicably gave Leonardo DiCaprio an Oscar for? What's oh, it called?
0: it's called Natural Light.
1: Got cold.
0: It's called All the Oscars, second year in a row, cheers.
1: I just, I don't, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. We're giving you an Oscar because you made it look like you were cold. That's because he was cold. He
0: makes it look like he was cold for hours, though. It's he, in. He
1: it's was. grueling. I just.
0: He made it appear that he had sawed me in half by sawing me in half with a saw.
1: I <laughs> mean, you know, there's people on Japanese game shows doing things like this, and nobody gives them Oscars.
0: Oh, it's called the Rent-a-Ghost. That was it.
1: <laughs> whatever. Anyway, this film, maybe it's, it was representative yeah, of whatever the bear was representative of. It was, of in it was that. just
0: like the Rent-a-Ghost.
1: So this is the point at which they fetch up in Mary Elizabeth Winster's back garden.
0: As Um, we all have done at some point. And
1: this was the beginning of the spiral of the end, for me, of going... The
0: fart spiral, they call it.
1: What? Okay, because, like I said, up to this stage, I'm kind of thinking, okay, everything could be metaphorical, and what's going to happen here when when Chrissy, the little girl, turns up? And he'd said to Manny that he didn't want to go back to the real world because people wouldn't... Um, wouldn't recognise him for what he really was and wouldn't understand who he was. And I'm thinking, okay, so she's going to look and there's just going to be one guy there. Yep. Um,
0: And that's the last shot. The uh, last shot of the movie. And then he's dead.
1: Finn or something, yeah. And you have to work out
0: whether he was nearly dead. Was he
1: alive the whole time? Was he dead the whole time? All of
0: these better endings. This is
1: the mystery. However... Um, no, no. There's two of them there. And oh, I could re-edit this corpse. film, by the way. Oh, just you could. Yeah. The final
0: shot of Dan Radcliffe. But then
1: just... you'd have to watch it again. Nope, that's not happening. Not happening. Is it? No. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're in uh, Sarah's back garden now, and this is the point where Hank confesses to Manny that he is—he sees himself as scared and ugly and useless, and that he is afraid to spit or cry or fart or feel.
0: Again, and, it's just Terence teaches Philip to farm,
1: And Manny sort of hints that it might only take one person to unlock this cage of, of repression. And that if of one person admitted that they, they do all these things in public, then everybody else would go, oh, I do these things too. And then before you know it, everybody would be doing it. What he's talking about is, the, is kind of the breakdown of socialisation. All the things that you learn as a kid that make it, feasible that human beings can live in the same square mile of each other and politeness i get that there is such a thing as not
0: having a, other people's shit pushed in your face
1: there is such a thing as and over- disgust
0: so- at great length
1: there is such a thing as over socialization and i understand that i have been subject to that on occasion i get it i understand but this is kind of it's way too far in the other direction for me and that's that's where I I struggled with it. Okay. So um, so Chrissy finds them, and I I kind of I didn't really get the whole of this particular interaction. But Mary Elizabeth Winstead comes out, and there's basically a dead guy and a very odd looking guy on her lawn, and she is understandably freaked the fuck out.
0: Yep. I would be too.
1: Um but her her humanity is so evident at this point and she is you know, she is compassionate and sympathetic towards him and she calls ambulances and I'm guessing police. She's still
0: very wary though. She's she not like oh you poor wary. dear. No, She's... absolutely.
1: She's like, Oh, okay. Chrissy, get behind me. <laughs> she is,
0: however, why the fuck am I on your phone?
1: Yes. That was Good. I like that whole bit where they find out that he's been stalking her, basically, and she has an an underplayed but very natural response to that.
0: Of fear and confusion yeah. and revulsion.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and this is the point where Hank basically says that what's, what's drawn him to her is not necessarily her. And, um, and at this point, I did have half a mind of thinking, Jesus, sweet Lord, are they going to have these two hook up by the end? I think if that had happened, I possibly would have pulled the DVD out and eaten it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Folks, I would have photographed that. <laughs>
1: um, so thank Christ they didn't do that. Um, but he, he basically says that the reason that he's been, he was drawn to her is because she was happy. and Or oh, she, she seemed, seemed happy. happy.
0: Which, by the way, is an assumption you can make about anybody if they're just putting on their polite, public face.
1: Indeed. Um, and he, he couldn't feel that. He couldn't feel that within himself. But that's the thing. It's, it's like the Facebook effect. You sit there and you look at all your friends who only ever talk about their perfect kids and their perfect meals and their perfect...
2: And your perfect body! A perfect, family, oh, you're and your perfect little family! And your perfect future! God, stop, stop. It's always about her! <laughs> I'm stopping! I'm um, stopping! It's always about her! Anyway... We
0: could be reviewing Empire, Empire records, records right, right now. now.
1: I know, I know. Um, <laughs> and one day we will... Um, so, yeah, the the perception. Please, of somebody hire us to do
0: Empire Records.
1: <laughs> I might hire us to do Empire Records after this. Um, so the the idea that you you see somebody else and you think they're happy and it makes you feel less happy because you can't see any light in your own life. And again, I get it. I understand. I I do.
2: It's not a
0: subtle point that you're making.
1: But I do understand. We could be reviewing where that all as good as it from.
0: gets right now.
1: Um, but somehow, and I d I don't know how this happens. <laughs> they go from there's a corpse on my lawn, call 911.
0: To call the newspaper. To
1: cameras and interviewers and and, and get the So colonists. where did you
0: first discover the body?
1: Where did somebody come up with the idea that there was a story in this? No one's asked him any questions, to the point where she keeps calling him Manny. Which, that really threw me, because then I was really thinking, okay, so they are both the same person. His real name is Manny. It's not Hank at all. Oh, no, hang on a minute. He's just said, no, I'm not Manny. That's Manny. I'm Hank Thompson. Oh, okay, so you've disposed of that particular thread as well. Okay, fine.
0: Again, better movie.
1: <coughs> um, yeah, so um, he, <sighs> Hank can't take... The, what what becomes the Neither unbearable truth for him is not the fact that he is rejected; it's the fact that Manny is rejected. And again, it it's it's it is a metaphor. I will insist upon this one, regardless of what the director's intended. And I'm I am pretty sure. I I can't I can't watch this again with the commentary. But I'm gonna guess that that this was what they intended and how they intended it to be interpreted. That it Manny is all the feeling living, experiencing elements of himself that he has been cut off from. Um, and he can't bear the idea that Manny is going to be buried in an unmarked grave and no one's going to appreciate him for who he is. Yeah. So he steals him.
0: Yep. Just yanks that and corpse. And
1: runs off back to the woods.
0: Rides him down to his trash house.
1: Okay. And it, And I am still at this point desperately trying to fish the metaphor out of a frozen barrel of realism that's getting splashed all over everything
0: Frozen <laughs> all <laughs> yeah
1: because like you throw it meaning to throw water and it just hits you in the head
0: got it I got it
1: okay so I'm like right okay so the kid follows him down into the woods and I get that that's the child chasing after the the, the place where yep, it, the inner child and yep. everything could be imaginative and and, I, and they get down there and all the Milky Joe stuff is there and I'm like but that wasn't that all in his head? I No, it totally oh, happened. No, it's real. Okay. Yep. Um wow. so so this is kind of all right. All right. So now we can go with this. This is exposing that inner core of himself yep. and bringing everybody down in after him. So you kind of this is your your little relapse when your your nervous breakdown goes again and you're going back down and people are, are actually following you down this time. And then He's desperate for Manny to reveal his secrets so that everybody else can see it's real and not think he's
0: Crazed? crazy. Hey, you tell me off for saying the word crazy.
1: Oh, in this particular case
0: <laughs>
1: I, I did You pause. call your patients wackos? <laughs> yeah, they'll like it.
0: <laughs> we um, could be reviewing the ref right now. Yes, folks. we could.
1: And I basically I paused because I was trying to think of a more appropriate word. And I couldn't. Delusional. Yeah, that. Yes.
0: I okay. am not delusional, Thank
1: Zach. You. Thank you. We I could be reviewing Go right arms. now. <laughs> um, sorry. Oh, you know it's a bad sign when you start quoting other films.
0: You know it's a good sign when Sharon gets this flustered. Nothing gets her this ruffled. Ah, <sighs> okay. I'm
1: so tired.
0: Finish up. Let's put this bitch to bed. So, um, uh, that the movie, not you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so he desperately wants something to happen to to show everybody that this is a magical thing. And then Manny starts to fart again.
0: Yep. And And then... Beans, beans, the musical fruit.
1: (laughs) Basically, the the end part is that Hank lets Manny go into the water and the fart carries him off into the sea... To go and, I don't know, be with the mer people or well, something. Well,
0: no, water is emotion. And You've said that in the previous of podcast. Of
1: course it is. Yeah, Of course it is. And the idea at this point should be that he is able to let Manny go and the fact that he was able to fart himself to, to show that he has successfully unlocked these <laughs> internal emotions. Things are going to be better for Hank now, folks, because... All of that stuff that was balled up tight inside him is released yep. and is able to seep out into the world where people can you know Sniff turn up it. their noses at it yeah. or whatever but it's look reality in the face he and is, lick it. He is allowing it to, to flow freely okay so so don't don't say that I didn't like this film because I didn't get it. I get it I do. But I didn't like it and I wouldn't want to watch it again. And all of the things that it, it all of the points and all of the uh, the representation, all of the symbolism, everything in it that meant anything to me is, is for me elsewhere. And I do understand that those are the films that have all of that meaning and all of that importance to me don't do it for other people i get that and i get that this might and if that's the case then have at you enjoy like a you do you like an eclair
0: like an eclair
1: yours to enjoy like an eclair or a day at the zoo <laughs> Just, we could
0: be reviewing black books right now
1: please if you like this movie i i that's absolutely fine. If you love this movie. Okay, if you love this movie, if it spoke to you on a very deep and personal level, that is wonderful. It's certainly
0: extraordinary.
1: I want want movies that speak to people, even if they are movies that speak to me in a way that makes me go,
0: ugh. I would, side note, as much as I hate (laughs) this movie, I would rather that there were 25 million dollar movies released with no marketing that were odd as shit. Oh, hell because yeah. chances are one of those would be really good rather than just another... I mean, for 100 million, that's a relatively low budget Michael Bay, Zack Snyder, yeah, wannabe absolutely. film. I
1: was just about to say, stop giving budgets to Zack Snyder. Break them up into 5 million bits and go and give them to loads of these guys.
0: Yeah.
1: By all means, widen out that filmic landscape. If it makes
0: 19 films that I hate but one that I love... It's worth it. Absolutely. And because and the ratio those... will be the same for other people as well. There'll be something for everyone. And if
1: those 19 films are loved by other people, so much the better. Yes. So much the better. Rather than
0: just another generic business film, shout out to go, maybe we can get the Chinese to like this. Absolutely. No.
1: And, and I think when it comes down to it, there are many, many elements of this film. That I really liked and really appreciated. The problem for me was that everything was covered in bodily fluids. And I just, I couldn't.
0: It's covered in saliva and farts. Couldn't. It's disgusting. So there we go. Okay, <laughs> on that bombshell. Or rather, on that bombshell. Big thanks to uh, Dan Scheinert and uh, Dan Kwan, the directors. Big thanks to... Uh, Dan Radcliffe and Paul Dano, the uh, stars. And big thanks to Dan for putting this in our laps. We're going to brush it off now and go and have a shower. It is now midnight 30. We had not planned to podcast about this tonight. We were no. just going to watch the film and then podcast done. about it tomorrow. But I couldn't go to bed with this thing in my head. I had to, as Paul Dano, so,
1: Externalize it.
0: so succinctly put, poop it out of my poop hole all over the poop chute.
1: He didn't
0: actually say that. He said those exact words. Pooping poop poop. Poopity poop. Poop
2: poop. Poop poop mouth. Poop mouth. Poop out of your mouth. Garth, if I were to give you some money out of my wallet, would that ease the pain? (gasps) I hate you, Ron Burgundy. I hate you. (laughs) We could be reviewing
0: Anchorman right now. Oh, God, no. Next week, we are talking about L.A. Confidential. Make sure you acquire this one and watch it first. This is not a movie you want spoiling. It is brilliant. I've just realised something. The bald man was the sign we should have paid more attention to. You see, considering this is a story about our wreck of a man is trapped in a sort of purgatory, with another, even more broken sort, only gaining his freedom when he stops behaving like that immobile fellow and gains his own momentum through connection to others, thus separating from the dead version of himself and being propelled out of the underworld. This is only a remaker with Nell and I in it. Special thanks to our special sponsors at the fifteen dollar level this month, Dan Mayer, Stephen Lowe, Pascal Dooley, Jameis Enright, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Laclouse, Timothy Green, Mark Lush, David Garcia Abril, Ben Hayes, Stefan Gardinia, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisham. You guys are the best.